0: Here at Kajabi, we are known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Kajabi Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs. We're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone and welcome to the kajabi edge podcast where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on kajabi i'm your host jared loman vice president of customer experience and today we're joined by meg burridge kajabi coach and launch strategist how's it going today meg hello jared lovely to be talking with you it is it is wonderful to be speaking with someone who is almost like 2 a t the exact op is like 12 hours apart from me because it's like 8 a.m. my time, 7 p.m. your time. I don't know about like we're coming up, at least in the United States here on the whole daylight savings thing. And I don't know. Do they do that in the Netherlands?
1: They do do it, but we are one week. Um, I I guess before, after you, before you. So for me, this week is really good because it's
0: not quite as big a time difference as it would be if it was next week. Uh, Okay, good. So we ended up on the better half of that. Great. Yeah,
1: that's right. But I always say to everyone, like time zones are the hardest part of working in this industry, trying to, you know, work with a global audience. Like time zones just drive me crazy.
0: Oh, yes, I hear you. And I think about every engineer on the Kajabi engineering team would agree with you. Engineering for time zones is an absolute nightmare. Um, <laughs> but we're not here to talk about time zones. We're here to talk about you. So um, in traditional format, why don't you just kind of give us your 15 second elevator pitch uh, about you and what you do?
1: Sure. Um, I'm Meg, an Australian, can't tell by the accent, An Aussie mum of three, although right now I'm living in the Netherlands. Uh, we had our surprise third baby just after I started my Kajabi business and thankfully that gave us the freedom to go wherever we wanted. My husband is Dutch, um, so we came over here a couple of years ago and we've been living here happily ever since, although we're just about to make our move to the other side of the world, your side actually, we're sure. shifting our family to the Caribbean at the end of this month. And, uh, I, I've built this Kajabi flexible business where I help people with Kajabi coaching, Kajabi templates, Kajabi launching all things Kajabi, really
0: exciting stuff. And uh, you're, you're almost, you're almost on your way to Hawaii. Just one more big giant global move. And you'll, you'll be here next.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, my husband and I view view life as one big adventure so we're always talking about where will we go you know after the next spot
0: nice nice well uh can you just give us the the rundown uh i maybe just jumping before uh you started this kajabi business what were you doing did you have the traditional day job um what would your life look like before kajabi
1: yeah. So I did attempt a business before my Kajabi based business back in 2016 was my first adventure into entrepreneurship. And I just had my first baby. I couldn't understand how all these mums were juggling full time work and children. And I decided that what we needed in Australia was a co working space with childcare attached. And I went and put all this money into it. And everyone told me it was such a great idea. And it was a massive, flop, Jared. <laughs> the employers were not happy with their their parents working outside of the office and the entrepreneurial mums couldn't afford it. And before I knew it, I was just $100,000 in debt. Um, so from there, it was... Back into corporate, back to a nine to five management consulting job in the oil and gas sector, which paid well, but I really hated it. Drank a lot of red wine in that period of my life and always wondering, you know, what, what am I going to do next to get myself out of corporate? And thankfully, somebody introduced me to the online course industry. First, you know, my first foray into that was James Wedmore's business by design program and just opened my eyes to all the possibilities in the online space. And I really never looked back
0: from there. That's exciting. That's exciting. Um, I imagine that that journey for you was, I mean, you you said you had two kids out the gate and then one came later, if I recall correctly. I
1: had, I had the one when I started the co-working space and then we had this five year gap. So we've got Oliver who is eight. Um, and then, you know, in between we had the failed business, went back to corporate and then I was pregnant when I joined James's business by design program. So I was three months pregnant and I thought, okay, I just have to build a business while I'm on maternity leave that will pretty much equal my, you know, my my corporate job, and then I won't have to go back when maternity leave is over. So, I set my mind to just studying non-stop. I mean, people look at me and they're like, don't you feel like you missed out on, you know, all the, the stuff you're meant to do as a new parent, the brunches? And I was like, no, it was all good. I worked <laughs> around the clock and I'm so glad that I did. Babies sleep a lot. So, it, it made it all possible. But the second child was only nine months old when I found out that I was pregnant with Third child, um, our, our surprise number three baby, and thankfully, my business by that point had grown. You know, to a to a point where I didn't have to go back to corporate, and I was able to just continue working on the business while I was pregnant with baby number three.
0: Wow, wow! So I imagine, um, uh, you know, you mentioned that the pay for your corporate job was really great. Can you can you tell us like just how how long did it take for you to go from? I guess the initial you you went through that course, went through that that program to actually building something that generated even just let's just even talk about your first dollar before we get into um uh, you know replacing your income. Like, how long did it take you to get from idea to actually making some money?
1: So I joined um, James's program in October of two thousand and eighteen. And then I started, you know, dabbling with Kajabi because it's one of the platforms that he uses and recommends and learned enough about it to be able to help people at a low price point from January of 2019. So it was about three months of dabbling before I was ready to, you know, monetize it in some small way. I was quite pregnant by that point. Um, and then I, I took a couple of months off when the baby came and then I was back into it. And I really started picking up constant and steady revenue from about May of 2019. So it took 6 months, I would say, to be able to get into a comfortable position where I could see you know, a nice steady stream of revenue
0: coming in. And it sounds like you started out as uh, right into the service business.
1: I did, you know, because I really wanted to create my own online course, but I couldn't work out for the life of me what to put in it. You now I <laughs> saw all this potential for online courses and I thought, yeah, I can create an online course. Sounds like a great idea. And I was just going round and round in circles, trying to figure out what I was going to put into my own program. And actually, the first, one of the first things I ever did, the first project, I love collaborating. That's, you know, my favorite thing. I think that's the special source to everyone's business is collaboration. So one of the first ways that I monetized anything was I went to all my entrepreneurial friends and said, you know, a lot about SEO you know a lot about selling on Etsy or you know a lot about marketing. Do you think you could just put together a six-week course and I could, you know, set up the sales pages and the funnels for it in my Kajabi account? And I went and created what I called Biz Mom School, which was all these short courses by friends of mine because I didn't have a program to sell. And that actually went really well um, to have all these people, you know, presenting a course at the same time in parallel, but the amount of admin that went with it because, I mean, you know how much work goes into just creating one online course. I was all of a sudden in parallel trying to coordinate eight different people and their six-week courses and ask them for their slides and their modules and could I interview them on social and it was it was chaos <laughs> so there was never a second edition of Biz Mums school but that was one of the early ways that I was able to
0: monetize I love that. It's it's almost like you came up with the cure for uh, lacking a course idea. <laughs> you know, you you find the people that have the course ideas. Uh it's almost like with this podcast, uh, you know, I'd never have enough things to say uh to you know to warrant a podcast that was a monologue. So, but thankfully we have lots and lots of incredible customers with really interesting stories and it sounds like you kind of did the same thing. You, you know, you couldn't come up with that course idea so but you know, everyone knows someone who knows something. I guess at least that much has got to be true.
1: Absolutely. It was a bit like putting together a virtual summit, but on steroids, because it wasn't just, you know, they just turned up for an hour. It just went on and on, you know, every week for six weeks. So, so yeah, it was a lot of work. But, you know, I realized pretty early on that collaboration and a collective of, smart people was really what added a lot of value to my students and it's something that I've tried to do you know and carry on with with every launch I've done since then is who can I collaborate with and you know who can I bring in as a bonus for my program and who can I interview inside my own course now that I have one and you know just being able to tap into all those clever people around you with experience and you know skill sets and things that you just don't have.
0: Sure, well, I'd love to get into some of the challenges and the hurdles associated. I, I know you said uh, I, you had a baby and you had another baby on the way, and then that baby came. Like I, I know there's some inherent hurdles there, <laughs> but <laughs> aside from that, the business isn't easy either. So, can you share a little bit about the the journey of just getting things up and running and any of the lessons that you learned?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, when when baby two came along, I had one of those babies who. Wasn't really a big fan of napping. That was the biggest problem. Like she would catnap for 15 minutes and you'd just sit down, open up Kajabi to work on something and she'd be awake. So, my first ever employee, I wrote the job description out and it was sort of okay, I need uh, an assistant who is also a lover of babies and you're going to be like part nanny, part assistant. And she would work from my house every day and she loved kids, thank goodness. So, she would, you know, do some. Diaper changing, do some Kajabi work, cook me dinner, feed the cat. And it was this great, wonderful first person that I took on as my, my first role, first hire. And thankfully I could expense it all through the business, but I really would have struggled without somebody to help me. And I think that's, you know, that's why I wanted to create that co-working space right back in 2016 was to be able to give parents dedicated time to work on their business or on their career without being too far from their children. And I see so many people struggling with trying to build a business around kids with no support, you know, just trying to work in nap times or once children have gone to bed. And that's just not something I would have been able to do. I just needed uninterrupted time to focus on what I was doing. And after kids are in bed, I'm exhausted, Jared. I'm like completely had it. Got to go to bed by 8:30. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I bet. I bet. Um, so in terms of your finding your clients, did you have any type of audience or did you mainly just work with friends, as you mentioned?
1: I, I mean, the best source of uh, clients for me early on was Facebook groups, just finding a few entrepreneurial groups where my ideal client would be. And every now and again, someone would say, I need help with Tajabi. And I would, you know, put a little comment. Oh, you know, I'm not bad with it. And we would connect and chat. And, you know, I had such low rates to begin with that I managed to pick up quite a lot of clients because, you know, I was probably priced at about $10 an hour. Um, but after creating all these websites for people and then word of mouth and, you know, it's really been referrals and things moving forward that's helped me in my business. I haven't done a whole lot of paid advertising. It's just been, you know partnering with people doing a good job and you know finding ways to you know tap into other people's audiences
0: yeah and it sounds like uh, you you've turned that into something that has ultimately generated you know to date seven figures is that correct I'm so close. I'm so close. Yeah. I'm
1: just about at that 1 million mark and, you know, that magical figure of a million dollars. I'd I'd love to say that I've done that in a year, but it's taken about three and a half years to get here um, and a whole lot of work, a whole lot of time and work. I was saying to, uh, to Penny Clements today, Penny in your pocket, so when when do I get to be one of those CEOs who only works five hours a week? You know, <laughs> I do work a lot. <laughs>
0: Three years is incredibly impressive. And I think very, uh, it's something that anyone who is listening would be more than happy to dedicate three years to, to hit that point. But you started out, um, I would say fairly scrappy, kind of just getting your hands dirty and, and diving in. Um, and something that I don't think we've talked much about on this show yet, which, it kind of makes sense for us to do so is talk about pricing a little bit. I think that's a really common struggle, um, maybe for someone after they've they've already taken the leap and they've already created some type of product. But that's maybe one of the reasons why we don't touch on this often. But that journey of figuring out how to price your offering, I know for any entrepreneur, tends to be a bit of a struggle. So can you share anything about how you uh, worked your way from that starting point of ten dollars ish to you know wherever you're at today?
1: Yeah, well. I- in my head, I actually started at about $25 an hour for service-based work, but I wasn't very good at setting boundaries. So what started off as $25 an hour after I allowed the scope to creep out so much, you know, if I was to look back at those projects, you'd be like, Oh, is it possible to work for negative dollars an hour? Because (laughs) I really just let that completely overrun and get away from me. Um, so I learned some lessons that way. And then when I, started putting together my own online courses and programs. That was a whole other lesson in pricing things. Um, I started with my Kajabi training program at about, oh, I think the first round was like $350 for a 12-week course where I turned up live every week. So, it was a very low price point, but it Sort of what you charge for your programs, it brings with it its own energy. And just because everyone around you is charging a higher price point, it doesn't mean that you're going to feel comfortable charging that higher price point. And if you ask a figure that's, that's too high straight out of the gate, then for me personally, I find it's just, it's very difficult to sit comfortably with it. If you've sort of charged a really high price points straight away. So I think there's nothing wrong with building up from the lower end. And, you know, even with my own students, we have our heart-centered apprentice program where we now train other Kajabi specialists. And people always ask us, like, what price should I charge for this? You know, and they're just starting. And I don't think there's anything wrong with charging right down the lower end because you you pick up a lot of work, you fill your calendar very quickly with clients you get to you know try your hand at lots of different things, and then once you really are a specialist and you've you know you feel comfortable with your level of expertise, then just naturally over time your price is going to increase.
0: Sure, let's talk about your course. Um, when did that come into the picture? Had you did you feel like you'd hit the you know the peak of what you're capable of doing from a client side, or what what brought the course into play? Well, I'd been. I mean, I initially started just
1: building Kajabi websites. Then I started helping people with Kajabi Plus launching if they were interested in running something like a five day challenge. I always love launching with a challenge and being able to spend a week with all the people who are participating. And through that process, over the course of about a year, I just realized that all the clients I was helping were asking the same questions, and you know, they were all following that same pathway, and it just became very evident what needed to go into the course. So right back at the beginning when I got my Kajabi subscri- subscription and thought, oh, I'm going to build an online course, but what am I going to put in it? Well, I just sort of parked that, took on a bunch of done-for-you type clients, and over the course of the year, you know, there was sort of no question by the end of the year of what needed to go into the course. I thought, oh, all well, these people just need to be trained on how to use Kajabi, and all the modules will just be X, Y, Z. Um, so it just naturally evolved from the done-for-you clients into a course. And then over time, I sort of did away with the the website building because trying to deliver a course, you know, a big program, a signature program, and also build websites for people is really like having two businesses, two full-time businesses operating in parallel. So, something had to go. Um, So, building the website went uh, and then I replaced that part of my income with Kajabi templates, which was a great source of revenue to to wake up in the morning and finally be like, oh, I see a sale in my inbox and I didn't actually, you know, I don't feel like I actually did anything for that, you know, that that magical passive income that comes in while you're sleeping. Uh, So, templates were great for that. And then the, the coaching really just took on a life of its own. So um, I created a program called the Course Creators Incubator, CCI we call it, and just helping mostly women, um, you know, women who have come out of corporate or consulting and are sort of looking to make use of all the skills they've picked up in the first half of their life to do something for themselves in the second part. And I just built this wonderful community of people that I help with their kajabi and, and with their launching.
0: I love that. I love that. Um, so today, uh, do you still utilize courses as a part of your a part of your business? Is that still is it or is it more membership focused?
1: I still have my my CCI program, and I just launch it once a year. So, okay. it's, yeah, it's about a a five month program now. It became like really really big, so it feels like a membership because people are with me for such a long period of time. Um, I used to launch it a couple of times a year, but. Caused the program so long, it didn't really give me any downtime in between. So, so now CCI is just a once a year thing. Uh, The templates are still there. And I'm just in the process now of launching a brand new directory for collaborations, which is, you know, my exciting new passion project where people will be able to come along to the directory and collaborate, you know, find collaborators inside of the course creation space for whatever they're looking to do, whether it's joint webinars or um, you know, lead magnets, swaps, or virtual summits, or all those different collaboration options that are out there.
0: I love that. It's it's uh, this space is is undoubtedly a bit of a, a lonely space. You when you step out on your own, you're really stepping out on your own, and so finding community um, and finding people to partner with. I imagine there there is definitely a hole there.
1: Absolutely, and I think you know we all. We get uh, encouraged by people to go and find joint venture partners and collaborators but it takes so much time to you know look through podcasts and try and come up with your dream 100 and then individually write them all pictures you know i thought there's got to be an easier way for this why is there not you know just a, a simple platform where we can all go and tap into the people who are open to collaborations um, so that's something that I'm working on. And I'm actually also, I mean, we never get bored, do we, Jared? It's like, oh, of I don't think there's not. enough on my plate. So what else could I put on my plate? I'm, I'm just launching a membership called Funnel Club, also for Kajabi users. But it's sort of for those people who have already learned the basics of Kajabi. They've put their platform together and now they're like, well, how do I actually drive traffic? to my website? How do I actually fill my programs now that I've built it? Um, so I've created this Funnel Club membership and in parallel with that, a podcast actually that's based on Kajabi. And so each month I interview someone who's in the Kajabi space doing amazing things and we look behind the scenes at whatever funnel they're using in their business. And then over inside of the Funnel Club membership, we build out that funnel over the course of the month.
0: That's exciting. That's exciting stuff. Uh, so you, uh, you obviously have a lot, you're, you're planning a cross globe move. You're, <laughs> you've got three kids now. If I've, if I've kept my tally up correctly, um, can you, can you share a little bit about what, like, one i just, I can't imagine any of this would have been possible were you to be still consulting for the oil company or i uh, <laughs> I'm not remember the exact job title, but can you can you share a little bit more about like what this has afforded you in terms of uh, after you took this leap of entrepreneurship
1: yeah, you know it's uh, it's funny I was thinking about it the other day how it must have been about two thousand and twelve. I remember sitting on a bus with a friend and I was on this salary of fifty five thousand Australian dollars a year which is probably about 30-something US dollars a year. And I was like really scraping by because I'd accumulated all these crazy debts. And I was saying to her at the time, when I finally land a job that pays me $100,000 a year, I am going to be so happy. Like I will have made it when I get to that six-figure $100,000 salary. And then a few years passed and I was on that $100,000 salary. And then, of course, you want something different. You know, I remember standing in the the lunchroom in this high-rise building in the city and looking out over the river and watching these people water skiing in my lunch break. And I was just looking at them thinking, what What do you guys do for a job? You know, like, how can you be water skiing when I'm here working nine to five? Like, how is this possible? And I just wanted to know their secret. And then you, you fast forward a few years and you get into this entrepreneurial space and you make it work. And now I look back and I think, ah, oh, you know, I can never go back to being in corporate now. Like I'm completely ruined for the nine to five type of job where, you know, there's sort of a ceiling on how much you can earn. And now it's just this crazy amount of potential where it's just whatever you put into it and you get to create amazing new things and work on fun projects and work with interesting people. And, you know, it's like a, a second lease on life, Jared. I could just never go back to where it was before.
0: I want to go back to something you touched on earlier. I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. but <laughs> um, You mentioned uh, in one of your programs, uh, post-content creation... Then moving into talking about how to build that audience, and I know that for a lot of our, our customers, several of the people that we I've spoke with here on the podcast talk a lot about selling your offer prior to um, actually putting the work into creating it. Anything that like any learnings that you have to share, and um, with regards to that strategy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely one of my favorite ways because, you know, I see so many of my own students determined to create the perfect course and put all this time and effort into recording the videos and doing the workbooks and they really haven't tested it at all with the market and they feel too nervous to just put themselves out there and, you know, ask really if anybody actually wants this course that they are working on. So for me personally, I think, you know, if you can put perfectionism aside, I would strongly encourage you to launch your program before you have built it. And if it makes you feel a bit better, you could build out module one, maybe module two, you know, but I would say to my students, look, if you can, Sell the program first and, you know, just drip it out over a number of weeks. Let everyone know that it is the beta launch of your course. So it's not going to be perfect and everyone gets a reduced rate for being the first people through. And then all you have to do is just stay one week ahead of your students. You know, I've I've done it plenty of times with my own programs. People say, oh, I need what we're covering in Module 7. Can I just jump to that? It's like, oh, sorry, no, because I haven't created it yet. You're (laughs) going to have to wait. You know, if you really want to jump on a call with me for 30 minutes, I'm happy to talk you through what we're going to do in Module 7. But for the actual training content, I you know, literally just set aside a day a week. Usually it's a Monday where it's content creation for the module that's coming the following week.
0: What strategies do you have uh, amongst your group where in terms of building that audience, do you have any particular recommendations that you um, promote or do you, is that something that do most people show up with an audience already? Most people do not show
1: up with an audience and some people are very quick out of the gate to to go and find an audience. you know perhaps they go and start a Facebook group that attracts the right people or they find people to partner with. Um, some people have some success with running ads, although these days I find that's a bit hit and miss when you're starting. It can be a lot of money that goes into ads initially until you get your targeting, you know, on on the spot. So, I, I always say to my students that the quickest way to fill your programs is through collaborations and finding audiences that you can tap into from other people. You know, is there someone out there? Obviously, we've got the podcast option. Can you go and get on people's podcasts? And that has that long tail because the podcast sits around forever but it's not quick to get on podcasts and even once you've recorded the podcast episode it's typically months before it goes to air so that's not one of your your faster strategies i love the joint webinar strategy you know if you can find someone who has A big Facebook group or a big membership and there's a content gap and just asking them whether or not you can come along and present to their students or to their free group for an hour. And it's almost like a a joint activity. So they introduce you and they facilitate a Q and A at the end. And then they present your program with their affiliate link and they get 50% of the proceeds and you get 50%. You know, that is a great collaboration, I think. And I, I think a lot more people could be taking advantage of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. That's uh, I think think one of the biggest challenges that we hear about from you know individuals they 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 focus so hard on building the perfect product with you know without anyone there around to necessarily know or to to even sell to. Um, So uh, in your in your space, um, how much, if you don't mind sharing, how much like what percentage of your business is is Of course, hands off versus, and I know templates as well. What percentage of it is hands off versus hands on?
1: I would say about a third is hands off, and two thirds is hands on. So last year there was about four hundred thousand dollars of revenue, and two hundred thousand of that was um, well maybe half half. Then so we we did two hundred thousand worth of template sales. And about four hundred thousand for the year. So, you know, it still felt like a whole lot of manual, you know, hands-on work for the money sure. that we made. And obviously, I I now have a team, so I didn't get to put the whole four hundred thousand dollars in my pocket. That would be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and and also that tax man, he's a bit of a problem.
0: But of uh, course, yeah,
1: it was it was about half half. So and we love the idea that you know we're going to create just. 100% passive income and I'm going to create these on-demand courses that sell themselves overnight but people love support and they love the connection that comes with live programs and live Q&As and I don't really I don't see how I could have grown my business without that live hands-on
0: side. Yeah. Well again, I think you know we talked about this a little bit earlier. I, I love the the fact that you've you've almost created the solution for The person who doesn't necessarily either they don't have the idea or maybe they just they don't want to be the guru if you will they don't want to be the person on stage you know sharing whatever that knowledge is um you you found a way to do so through collaboration um well i i guess i can we can we can talk a little bit about uh today where you're going Uh, i know you you've we've already talked about the move to the caribbean i can't imagine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we've covered, we've covered quite a lot. Um, but, uh, what it all comes down to is I'm really interested in, in understanding what, what for you has changed as a result of, I guess, making this, taking this leap. Yeah.
1: I mean, when I, when I started with the online course stuff, I had a husband who was so unsupportive, you know, cause he'd already seen me pour a hundred thousand dollars into the first business and he just could not understand why I, well, how come I wasn't happy in that corporate job? You know, why can't you just be happy with your six-figure city job and your morning coffees and, you know, all the things that come with having employment? And so, initially, you know, he wasn't supportive at all. When I was learning about this online course stuff, I used to try and do it in secret. You know, I'd leave the house in the morning. I'd get the bus. I'd listen to webinars on the bus. Then every lunch, I'd go to the same cafe in the city with my notebook and I'd do my tutorials, you know, writing out my notes. And I tried to learn as much as I could during the workday and then come home and pretend like none of that had happened. i like, was oh, yes, <laughs> very happy with my corporate job. And then finally, when I knew enough to be like, okay, I'm going to give this a go, you know, he was, he was a little bit horrified to hear that I planned on, on quitting my corporate job during maternity leave. But nowadays, you know, the, the tune has changed. The, the ability to be able to, to generate this kind of revenue in my business meant that we could move our family over to the Netherlands when we had that third baby. Um, my husband's Dutch. So we thought, oh, we need some family support around us with the third child. So we came over here and he quit his nine to five in, in Perth. And, you know, over here, he just dabbles in property development type stuff, but it's not, you know, a regular salary on a, on a monthly basis. And it's just given us so much freedom to be, you know, just to be able to approach things with a, when will we rather than a what if, you know, everything for us is possible. It's just looking at timing and the logistics of it. And so we sort of thought, well, the kids are still young. You know, what what will we do as the next adventure and why not try the Caribbean? You know, for me and my business with those annoying time zones, it makes it much easier if I am on a time zone that's similar to the States because pretty much all my students are based in the States. Um, So we thought, well, we we'll just go and try the Caribbean for a while, you know. What have we got to lose? Um, you know, everything for us is just one big adventure that never would have been possible if
0: I'd been in that corporate job. Yeah, I imagine that that is something that just about any—it <laughs> comes flows so naturally from you. But for the most people to even have the thought of, oh, let's try the Caribbean—is <laughs> you know, it so feels so far off the radar. Um, Let's also take this uh, about your business. Uh, maybe what's, what's coming next for you? Any big launches, uh, new courses, new offerings, or maybe even new templates? Anything happening that we should be aware of? You mentioned the podcast. Uh, I've got the
1: podcast uh, launching in parallel with the Funnel Club membership. So that's one project. I've got Collaboration Station, which is the collaboration directory. And then this year I went off and became story brand certified. So I've been working on new templates that follow the story brand framework. Um, because, you know, I love Donald's approach to things, you know, just clarity over clever and thought, yeah, we need some Kajabi templates out there in the, in the story brand, um, you know, method. So that's what we're working on. But yes, there does feel to be a lot on my plate at the moment. Um, uh, ne- never a dull moment, Jaren. <laughs>
0: Never, never, never. Well, uh, where is, for anyone who is interested in learning a little bit more about any of these programs, where's the best place for them to get a hold of you?
1: Um, ooh, Decisions. Well, look, I think probably the the best central spot would be to head on over to the podcast. Like obviously anyone who's listening to this is a podcast person. So if you enjoy hearing about what course creators are doing and especially course creators on the Kajabi platform, then my podcast, The Kajabi Verse, is definitely worth a listen.
0: Exciting stuff. Yes. Check it out. And I imagine that will be available on all of the standard podcast platforms, Apple, All Spotify. of the standard
1: platforms. Yep. I've, uh, I've just recorded a super fun episode actually with, um, you would probably know it, Sarah and Justin from wake up to freedom who are doing oh. the, the paid mini workshop strategy using paid mini workshops to funnel people into bigger things. So, you know, I, I love the podcast um, thing because you just get to talk to so many interesting people and see behind the scenes of how they're making their business work. And, you know, it's like a, a coaching session for the podcast host in an hour. It's great yeah. all these people that come on. <laughs>
0: Yes, yes. No, I completely agree. I love that. Well, what I love to do in these situations, normally this is my call to action to ask all of our listeners to leave us a review on our podcast because we love that. But since you're a fellow podcaster, I like to kind of just flip the script and like to send them over to you. Uh, uh, Check out the Kajabi Verse podcast. Make sure to leave them a review with a comment, too, because the comments are so, so, so. It just humanizes this interaction uh, (laughs) for us because we're kind of we're 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 on a zoom conversation talking and we don't get to we don't really get to interact with our listeners as much so um make Um, sure to leave a comment on the kajabi verse podcast leave a rating check it out um with that said um thanks again meg for taking the time um you're late in the evening um i imagine your kids are probably sleeping and (laughs) you're still stuck in the office
1: Oh, no, that's okay. I've, uh, I've, I promised them I'd put them to bed when I got home because I'm actually flying off to Australia tomorrow. It's my first Ooh. trip home in two years. So um, uh, I'm pretty excited for uh, you know, everything that's happening
0: this month. A quick Australia trip and then the move. Exciting stuff. Uh, exciting stuff. That's a lot yeah. of work. Um, moving, I don't think is ever fun. <laughs> no, absolutely but-
1: not. But thank you Exciting so much for having times. me on, Jared. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to uh, interviewing you over on the Kajabi Burst. Oh, you get yes. Started. Let's
0: do it. Let's definitely oh. do it. Um, we'll lock it in. Yes. Well, with that said, that's all we have for you this week. We will look forward to seeing you all next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast.